Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get right to it. But right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen, there are two main talking points in this particular episode. Number one is Jimmy Johnson. Number two is the controversy surrounding at the end of the game. Quite frankly, what was supposed to be a very, very special night just had to end this way. Honestly, I think the best thing to start would be the controversy because we really want to save the best for last. And of course, the best thing out of this episode is Jimmy freaking Johnson. Well, what happened at the end, honestly, it speaks for itself. I am still having a very, very difficult time understanding the rationale of, of whatever happened. A two-point conversion. A game-winning two-point conversion. Nullified because of, as the referee said, an ineligible receiver. That's part right there of the mystery. Very, very big part of it. I will say this right off the bat. It should not have come down to that. And that goes for both Dallas and for Detroit. Especially because Dallas was up 20-13 to and Detroit had no timeouts, drove down the field and they needed a touchdown to tie the game. So when Dallas had to take, make it 20-13 to rather than actually having a chance to make it 24-13, to Dallas had to settle for the field goal. Dallas basically had put the game at risk for the final time. Because Detroit had a legitimate chance of driving down the field and either going for the tie or actually going for the win. Not surprising, Dan Campbell decided to go for the win. I'll never forget during that game when Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, had the courage to go on a fake punt, which worked quite well. Not only that, but going for it on fourth down on multiple occasions. It seems that Dan Campbell really has the mentality to where he needs to go for it all. And to go for it all means you have to risk it all, and that takes courage. So I applaud Dan Campbell for always wanting to go for the win. You can't take anything away, take anything away from the guy. Arguably, he may very well be coach of the year. <sighs> but anyway, you know, when I say that Dallas shouldn't have been in that position, you know, honestly, I say that... I say that, honestly, it, it, it's very, very difficult, but honestly, I seriously mean that. If only CeeDee Lamb had held on to the ball in that particular play, then the Cowboys would have scored another touchdown. It would not have been a fumble and then a touchback, giving the Detroit the ball. Now, Dak Prescott had a very, 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 very respectable game. Made several good passes that the wide receivers could not make. Now, the interception on Dak Prescott was honestly a big mistake on his part, but fortunately, he was able to make up for it on the very next drive when he made that beautiful 92-yard touchdown pass to none other than CeeDee Lamb. Well, that particular, that, that particular play, and before, obviously, I get onto the controversy, I want to kind of give my little bit of my initial recap thoughts, but on that particular play, a Detroit player, you know, how the hell Dak Prescott got the hell out of the out of that tackle that would have been a safety? <laughs> Honestly, that may I may be an idiot for saying this, but that's that's got to arguably be the best play in Dak Prescott's career. And avoids a hit, 
scrambles forward, makes a deep pass, and it worked. So the Detroit player that failed to make the sack when he was right there, <laughs> man, that's embarrassing. So massive props to Dak on that one. Now, Jared Goff gave a, well, Jared Goff, you know, certainly gave his best. And, you know, and both players, you know, had to throw the ball quite a bit. I mean, in Dallas's case, the running game just did not work at all. And it was no surprise to see CeeDee Lamb have 13 catches for 227 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown for Detroit had a great game. Six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I believe he's one that actually scored the touchdown at the end. Uh, of course, the extra point would have tied it, but still. But Jared Goff, you know, the two interceptions on his part were, honestly, one interception, honestly, it's, it's very, very difficult for, you know, to kind of basically... To kind of basically, you know, massively criticize him for it because he was under so much pressure and he had to get rid of the ball. But uh, the Dallas defense just made a just, just did something huge on that particular play. They put Jared Goff under massive pressure, and D D Jared Goff got rid of it. And and then uh, Jordan Lewis in the secondary was able to basically make the interception. Now the second interception, honestly, you know, that's when Dallas should have just sealed the game. But it's just sad that Dallas had that interception and had to set, had to cough up a field goal out of it when they should have scored a touchdown because of the tremendous field position they had because of the interception. So there's a lot of, uh, I mean, Dallas, honestly, there's a lot of negative uh, aspects from this one. I mean, the defense, the Cowboys defense at times looks very, very sloppy. The offensive line is a massive cause for concern. And somehow, some way. Dak Prescott just managing to escape the pressures at times. I mean, despite the fact that he was sacked three times, Dak Prescott still managed to make the game as best as he could be, to the best of his ability. Now, Detroit was held to a 4-for-13 on third down efficiency, while Dallas was 7-for-14. Now, believe it or not, Detroit had more first downs. Detroit actually had more total yards of offense. So, And, of course, the running game, Detroit's running game, absolutely destroyed Dallas. I mean, Detroit had over 120 yards on the running game, and Detroit averaged about 6.3 yards per play, while Dallas averaged 6.2 yards per play. Now, Jared Goff was sacked at least once. I mean, it was, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, you know, honestly, you know, being heavily being contained by the opposition, but uh, still a bit entertaining, but but at the end, you know, when, when the Cowboys had that second interception... Should have made it 24-13. They only made it 20-13, to and that's exactly what the Lions needed. And the Lions almost came away with it. The Lions driving down the field. You know, that almost reminded me of the upset loss that the Cowboys suffered 10 years ago on the road in Detroit. Well, that's when Dallas arguably had one of the worst defenses in history back in 2013. You know, Detroit was trailing 30-24 to when Matthew Stafford and company just drove down the field at, at, like nothing. Oh, oh man. You know, bad memories, but... So when Detroit scored, you know, and the fact that there was less than 30 seconds to go in that one, uh, it, 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 just, it just was not pretty. I mean, Amonra St. Brown scoring that beautiful 11-yard touchdown, and it was beautiful... You know, at the same time, I honestly do feel for I feel, I feel bad for Amon Ross St. Brown because he played great and but um but when Brandon Cooks you know scored with seven with seven and a half minutes left to give Dallas a 17 to 13 lead I mean that was beautiful as well 
Uh, but of course, the highlight of this of the game would obviously be Ceedee Lamb's 92-yard touchdown pass. But but Detroit. Now, now this is where we get to it. Okay. So Detroit goes for two. Do I uh, do I agree with the call? Well, no. I think honestly, it's better to play it safe, kick the extra point, and you take your chance in overtime. But at the same time, I applaud Dan Campbell for having the courage. But quite frankly, it's not so much... Okay, no, I take that back. Having the courage to go for the win at, the, at this point is, is a beautiful thing. Again, massive props, major kudos to Dan Campbell. But it's not only the courage to go for it, but it's the fact that he has all the confidence in the world in his players. He knows that they can get the job done. So at the same time, again... Massive kudos for Dan Campbell for just being a coach that not only has the courage to go for the win, but he has faith in his players. Excuse me. Well, it did, the first time it seemed to have worked. Hmm. It seemed to have worked, but then all of a sudden there's a flag on the play. And again, as the referee said it, <laughs> ineligible receiver, if I'm correct. But it's not only that because apparently, when the Cowboys when the Cowboys had the ball, but pri previously, you know, an ESPN actually released a story about this uh, about uh, back at, uh, around noontime. You know, Adam Schefter actually wrote this that apparently there was a missed call by the officiating. You know, and there was one that actually basically favored Detroit because when th that particular drive when the Cowboys made it twenty to thirteen instead of twenty four to thirteen. There was a penalty on that on that play to where a, a Cowboys player tripped a Detroit player. And according to Adam Schefter, well, it's clearly not the case. So, so when Dallas intercepted Jared Goff at the 29-yard line with with, with with like with two minutes and five seconds left, you know, on the very next play, Tony Pollard actually had a seven-yard a run, but unfortunately it was called back because the referee actually said that Dallas tight end Peyton Hendershot was caught tripping, was was called for tripping, was penalized for tripping, so that made it a first and 25, and that pushed Dallas back to the 44-yard line. According to Adam Schefter, ESPN reviewed the footage, and they have basically concluded that it was actually Lions defensive end Aiden Hutchinson who actually should have been penalized for tripping. So, according to Adam Schefter, Aiden Hutchison should have been flagged for attempting to trip Tony Pollard. Now, from uh, according to Schefter, the NFL has not commented on that particular mistake. So, it, it just goes to show that when officiating is horrible in a game overall, it's horrible in the game's reputation. Now, there's been a lot of reports that the officiating crew for Allen, the, ref the referee's name, I don't know the first name, uh, Brad Allen, Brad Allen, the head referee, and his crew, they're expected to be downgraded for the playoffs. You know, and honestly, based on what happened, honestly, it, it had to happen. But, but going back to the two-point conversion that was nullified, it was because from what I understand, this is everything that I've heard, is that apparently a player failed to report Again, I'm having a very, very difficult time kind of basically putting together, because again, I'm dumbfounded. I'm dumbfounded, it's mind-boggling, 
it's very, very perplexing. I mean, this particular issue, this controversy, is beyond overwhelming. Okay? Now, again, I've... I've, I've, I've looked up, because every, everybody's got their own opinion about this. I mean, a theory, rather. So everybody's going to kind of give their thoughts based on the matter, but these theories, can we really go on with these theories? I mean, honestly, no. Absolutely not. Now, Kurt Warner, according to, uh, according to what he said, and I quote, Report or no report, he can't be covered by another wide receiver, which he was, unless I'm seeing things. So would have a penalty either. So it would have been a penalty either way. And he's asking this with question marks. But he ends it by saying a better way to end a, a good football game. Unquote. So you know. So uh, okay. So from what some from from what I've been told, only one player can report. But I think okay. Well, I should say okay. At my workplace, there's two customers that come in every single Sunday. I want to give them a shout-out to Jimmy and to Reagan because I spent, honestly, 20 minutes talking to those guys with one of the Twin Peaks bartenders that I work with who's, who's, who loves the Dallas Cowboys, and she was actually just as confusing as I was. Now, I want to give Jimmy and Reagan a shout-out, but I also want to give a shout-out to my boss, Troy, and I want to give a shout-out to this Twin Peaks girl. Her name is Cappy. She's actually currently attending law school. So it's good to be working working with her again for the time being. She's taking she's obviously on vac on vaca on Christmas vacation from law school, and she actually came up to me because she knows I'm a sports writer. She knows that I she knows that I do this. So she wanted to she wanted my assessment on the situation, and I told her, Cappy, it's very very difficult for me to give an official assessment from my own point of view, rather in a, in a journalism perspective, because the whole thing is mind boggling. But I did say this because after speaking to the other guys, again, Jimmy and Reagan, um, you know, uh, one of them mentions it, it's because of, of a certain formation, because they looked up a certain formation that Dan, Dan Campbell was going with because, again, it was an offensive lineman that caught the two-point conversion. So I think that, okay, it mentioned a player failed to report, but I swear to God, you, there, there's the video. The video footage is out there. I've retweeted it, but it's out there. It's all over social media. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sure you can even find it on YouTube. But again, you, you see, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking at it right there. There's, there's okay. First, there's two players, number 58 and 68, talking to the ref, and then number 70 is actually walking towards the ref. So that tells me that number 70 may be the one who failed to report. But if number 68, the one who caught the pass, if he reported, then that's what I don't get. Because again, I'm looking at the footage right now. Right now. Two players, number 58 and number 68, talking to the ref. And while they're talking, the ref is seems to be walking away. And number 70 is jogging towards the ref and the two other players. So this particular source, man, you know, honestly... Every, everybody's saying that this referee, you know, obviously lied. Now, uh, now speaking to, I spoke to Jimmy. Now, now Jimmy gave his assessment because he, again, he spent time reviewing this footage on his phone at my workplace. Now, obviously, I could not watch with him because again, I was working. So, you know, looking at a cell phone with a customer, I mean, that would basically be considered to be frowned upon. I mean, it was slow, but still, you know, I was working. I had to get some stuff done. So I told him, look, review the footage. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take, take some dirty dishes to the back, you know, bring some more stuff, you know, for the, for the bartenders, you know, do my job as a bar back. And then in a few minutes, give me your assessment. So that's exactly what Jimmy did. But I think based on what we saw, I think based on how everything was set up, I don't think ineligible receiver was the way to call it. 
If there was a penalty, if you ask me, it, okay, at first I suggested to Jimmy, maybe it should have been too many men on the field, but no, there was 11 men on the field in the offense. So that being said, as he told me, it should be an illegal formation. An illegal formation. That probably would have made more sense, but, you know, from, you know I'm telling you, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan was pissed off about this. You know, I'm seeing some footage, you know, from earlier, how he basically said that about the referee. I mean, he blames the referee for, for this botched call. I mean, this call definitely was botched. I mean, whether it was botched because it was not said properly or maybe because there was no penalty at all. I mean, the bottom line is this whole thing is marred by controversy, okay? Absolutely marred by controversy. So Rex Ryan is pissed off, and he basically said, and I quote, be a man and take responsibility, unquote. Okay, and the other part is, and I quote, the thing that bothers me the most is that we're putting the blame on the players. Stop. The players did everything right, unquote. So, <coughs> it's, it, you know, again, it's just stupid how a referee can just make such a dumb decision, but, you know, several more sources are basically, I can't say confirmed because these are just sources. I mean, we haven't seen any, we haven't heard anything from the, from the National Football League. I don't even know if they've actually released a statement, but... There's a lot of rumors out there that are indicating that Brad's, Brad Allen's referee crew are expected to be demoted and they will not be officiating in the playoffs. If that's the case, then that's a job well done, okay? Because of how bad this was, they should not. They have no business officiating the playoffs. But not only that, but another source right here says that this is not the first time that Brad Allen and his crew have made stupid mistakes. So, there was also one because he refereed the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers and how he apparently cost the Chiefs the win because he, he did not call a pass interference and basically called 10 penalties against the, against the Dolphins in that, in that game against Philadelphia while Philadelphia had zero. So, man, and of course, you know, the fact that this says that Brad Allen called three, three primetime games this season and all of them were horrible. So, you know what? If he called, if he officiated... Three primetime games, and all three were horrible? Well, check this out. One, two, three strikes, you are out. So that's three strikes, and he will not be officiating the NFL playoffs, and quite frankly, that is the right thing to do. Everybody's saying, Alex, you're a Cowboys fan. You should be happy, right? Okay, yeah, they got the win. Great. <coughs> but this is, this, is, this is no time to basically go on a rant saying that because of this, because, of, again, the fact of the matter is, I will say this: whether the whether the whether the two point conversion should have counted or not, I'm gonna say this: it should not. And I repeat, it should not have come down to that. And I'm sure I said this earlier in this episode. Okay, the Cowboys should have been up by a larger margin. But honestly, so should have the Detroit Lions. It should not have come down to this. So, at the at the end of the day, it's just. It, it, it's just it's it's just too much to bear because honestly this is just this is an absolute embarrassment. But but, but the you know, and honestly and from what I'm told you know Reagan uh, the, the other customer that was that was a uh, that I talked to today I mean during the press conference uh, Dan Campbell was asked about it even Dan Campbell seemed to be I would probably say maybe as confused as me and everybody else but probably probably even more considering that he's the head coach so but 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 honestly. This is horrible. Based on how this whole thing was handled, 
it's horrible because it makes not only NFL officiating look bad, it makes officiating in sports look bad, it makes the NFL look bad, and the NFL looks bad enough as it is with the soft rules and everything like that, so many reputations are damaged, perhaps irreparably. So, so that, that being said, the whole thing is just, you know, all is, could be described as a travesty of justice, but at the end of the day, it's just marred by controversy, and honestly, it's bad for Detroit and for Dallas, because in Dallas's case, the fact that something like this is what bailed them, huh, that is nothing to be proud of, honestly. Nothing to be proud of at all, because the Dallas Cowboys were this close, this close from losing the game, and quite frankly, they probably should have lost this one, because they had their chances overall in the game, they could not take them. Specifically, although, again, in the previous offensive drive, the referee made a stupid mistake not penalizing Aiden Hutchinson, instead penalizing the wrong guy for a tripping offense. So, it seemed that both teams suffered the wrath of poor officiating, but it seems that Detroit suffered the bigger blow. Detroit got the bigger shitter, the bigger and the shittier end of the stick. So, so that's that. But I'm glad that we got the negativity out of the way, because it's now it's time to basically be positive. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy freaking Johnson. Jimmy freaking Johnson is finally been inducted into the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor. And when I say it's about damn time, it's about damn time too, it's about damn time too. I mean what I say. And obviously I can't talk because I'm honestly having a very difficult time. I'm not going to lie. It's, I think it's confirmed that Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones have reconciled. And that makes me happy because I really, I, I've really wanted this to happen. I'm sure that Cowboys Nation has wanted this to happen. The players, you know, everybody. We, we all want Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson to shake hands and to reconcile and put the past behind them. When Jimmy Johnson arrived to the Cowboys in 1989, having previously coached the Miami Hurricanes... You know, this was going to be something huge for Dallas. Now, unfortunately, after Dallas won two straight Super Bowls and Jerry Jones drove Jimmy Johnson out of, out of town, and we all know that story, I mean, that's when things just went bad. And honestly, I think at this point, now that Jimmy Johnson is in the ring of honor, I think that not only Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson have been set free, but I feel like the, the team and the fan base, honestly, has been set free. But we'll, we'll know for sure in, in the near future. But... <clears throat> You know, Jerry Jones basically t bringing the mic and, and congratulating and talking to Jimmy, praising him and thanking him for everything that he's done. And Jimmy Johnson, honestly, like, you can tell that he appreciated it. It was a good moment of reconciliation, and, the, and, and we all witnessed it. I was brought to tears. I'm not going to lie. I was brought to tears. And when Jimmy Johnson gave his speech, that made me cry. And Jimmy Johnson's speech... Honestly, like a pro wrestler grabbing the mic and cutting a massive promo. Jimmy Johnson cut one hell of a promo. And Jimmy Johnson ended his speech the only way he could have. By his famous words after the Cowboys upset the San Francisco 49ers in the 1992 NFC Championship. How about them Cowboys? There was no better way for Jimmy Johnson to end his Ring of Honor induction speech. Jimmy Johnson, my congratulations to you, sir. You deserve it. And again, it's about damn time that he's inducted into the Ring of Honor. But you know what? Better late than never. It's finally happened.
Man. Oh, you know, and before but before doing this episode, I mean, the fact that Fox Sports NFL dropped, you know, shared something that even the people's champ himself, The Rock, The Rock stopped by to give his congratulations to Jimmy Johnson and to thank Jimmy Johnson for being a very, very positive influence on his life and his career. The Rock basically said that he, one of the reasons why he committed to the University of Miami to play college football is because The Rock had the desire to play under Jimmy Johnson. Now, after Jimmy Johnson left to coach the Dallas Cowboys, The Rock still made the decision to go to the Miami Hurricanes because, in his words, he wanted to continue the legacy of Jimmy Johnson. And I mean, I'm telling you, I'm watching this right now. Jimmy Johnson is just is getting emotional hearing The Rock saying what he's saying. Man. You know, and, and Jimmy Johnson's just been getting emotional all day. I mean, I, I'm sure. I mean, uh, you, you, you know, and, and here he is you know, earlier. He was basically saying you know, how, how it means him to be inducted into the Ring of Honor. I mean, he was getting emotional. So, Jimmy Johnson deserves this. He deserves this. And, and honestly, as one of my friends, uh, Mr. Austin of the Great Girth Podcast, he basically believes that with Jerry Jones finally putting Jimmy Johnson in the Cowboys Ring of Honor, he actually believes that the curse on the Cowboys is, has finally been broken. I don't want to say if it's been broken yet, but if Austin believes that this is, this is good, that's going to end the Cowboys' curse, then Austin can, Austin can basically, you know, if he feels that way, then great. I'm not going to, you know, basically, you know, make a big deal out of it, honestly, because, you know, you know, Austin, much like me, we agree to the fact it's about damn time. I mean, anybody could agree it's about damn time. And before I let you go, check this out. Several people that I know that are not Cowboys fans, and in fact, they can't even, they can't even stand the Cowboys, they expressed their content about, to Jimmy Johnson because they felt that this is not about being a Cowboys fan or not. This is about one of the best head coaches in NFL history finally getting the proper credit and basically be getting inducted into a ring of honor because he deserves it. So... You know, and much to my surprise, a lot of those fans, they even actually felt, they actually enjoyed hearing him say how about them Cowboys, because again, at the end of the day, this is Jimmy Johnson's legacy. So, again, so for Jimmy Johnson to say how about them Cowboys to end his Ring of Honor speech, again, there was no better way to end it. Jimmy Johnson ended it, it's not only the best way to end it, quite frankly, it was the only way to end his speech. You know, and it only gets better. The fact that Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, you know, several of his former players, Charles Haley was there too. You know, he even spoke to, he mentioned Charles Haley. He says, I know that at times I was a tyrant to you and everybody and <laughs> like that. So Jimmy Johnson probably said, look, I know that sometimes I was too much to handle. I was too much to bear. But, you know, he was just praising his former players. I mean, Troy Aikman was there as well. Even DeMarcus Ware, a 2023 uh, Ring of Honor inductee as, as well. So... You know, Jimmy Johnson just finally in, in the Ring of Honor. You know, several players. You know, Mel Renfro was there, Drew Pearson, Roger Staubach. I mean, you have all the best legends of the team there for another legend to be inducted into the Ring of Honor. It's only fitting. So it's only fitting that Troy Aikman, Charles Haley, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, that his former uh, players from, from back then were there, but several other players, uh, members of the Ring of Honor, Demarcus Square as well. You know, again, some players from back, way back in the day in the 70s, Drew Pearson, Roger Staubach, Mel Renfro. I mean, you had players from every, from every generation of the Cowboys, and they were there. When you're a member of the Ring of Honor, from any generation, you are there when the newest inductee is there. It's only fitting. It's part of the tradition, and it was a very, very great, amazing halftime, honestly. So this was just one hell of an experience. 
And I'm very, very happy for Jimmy Johnson because, quite frankly, he deserves it. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk, as you know, is available anywhere you get your podcasts. So please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button and hit the notification bell. That way, I know for sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. It is now 2024. Basically, honestly, let's let's start off this year with a bang. Let's have a hell of a year, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one, and God bless. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc